You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, welcome to today's episode of the Locked On Seahawks podcast. You're with Grant Goldberg of Forum Blue and Gold and the Locked On Seahawks podcast. And I'm with Spike Friedman of The Stranger and the Locked On Seahawks podcast, formerly of a bunch of different places. Spike, tell us where you're from. Where am I from? Interestingly enough, I, I'm equal parts from Los Angeles in uh, Bainbridge Island, Washington. Shout out to the islands and all my fellow islanders. Shout out to Wilkes Elementary School. Yeah, I've never been there. Um, no. uh, it's a, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, my family, when I lived on Bainbridge Island, uh, we had like two acres and we owned uh, a horse. Actually, for a while, we owned two horses. It was an idyllic childhood for a minute. And then my parents got divorced and we moved to the San Fernando Valley. This has been Spike Friedman Family Talk. Wow. Family Corner is over because there's a lot of Seahawks news. Just Just like the Seahawks in Super Bowl forty eight. Spike owned oh. a horse. Um, <laughs> well, but like Spike fuck. said, he, he, he let on that we have a bunch of news, which is refreshing because, you know, there's been a lot of shows where we've kind of, you know, drug our feet and like talked about whatever we could. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff we can talk about. Some of it sad. Some of it good. Yeah. But uh, we're going to cover it all. I think that we should start with Michael Bennett because we're going to go yeah. in chronological order. Yeah, and we're going to cover today because it's been about a week since we've done the pod. And at that point, there was still like a 40-day gap between the Seahawks' last transaction. And since then, there have been sort of like 10 major players in or out. Uh, and so we're just going to sort of rapid fire through the guaranteed ones. If we've got time, we can talk about some of the rumors that are still lingering. But given how active the Seahawks usually are in the second phase of free agency, we'll probably get to most of those next week um, or later this week if it's if we need to do an emergency pod. But yeah, let's start with Michael Bennett. We're just, I hate this trade. Yeah, I hate it. I hate yeah, it. We, so t- much. we talked about dealing a player earlier than than later, which is fine. Which we yeah. talked about. But that was under the assumption that we'd get a better return. And the Seahawks yeah. did not get a good return. No, we got a fifth, a seventh, and uh, Marcus Johnson, and we can talk about a little bit in a second, because I think he will factor into the team's plans well, going forward. Well, doesn't didn't they give up their seventh? Oh, the, you're right. They yeah. gave up their seventh, and it was, uh, but it was like the one that it was like part of the Tobin deal or something. Yeah. Whatever. The point is, is that they did not get a day two pick. No, and. It's not that Michael Bennett necessarily was going to get a day two pick, but like end of the third round is sort of where I wanted. If we if we decided to deal Michael Bennett, and given the lack of cap relief his trade provides, you didn't need to deal him. So if you did deal him, you really wanted to get a little more in return, and clearly that just wasn't out there. And yeah, uh, I'm I'm wondering one if they had their eyes specifically on Marcus Johnson and accepted that over a better draft pick. Yeah. And, and two, well, and the, and and two, the, the return was... Was from the Patriots deal was rumored to be yeah. better, which I'm thinking, yeah. you know, they probably already had to deal with the Eagles in place and they didn't want to, you know, burn any bridges. And also, did they want to send Michael Bennett to an, a, a place like New England or do they want to send him to a more progressive place where he fits in in Philadelphia? 
Yeah, although, you know, Marty Bennett did great in New England, won a Super Bowl with them. And uh, at the same time, New England's not in the conference. Like, the degree to which the players that we're going to go through have gone to teams that the Seahawks have to reckon with going forward is annoying. It is not great. The Eagles' front four looks awesome next year. Their defensive line depth... Their front, yeah, their front hundred. It feels like it feels like the 2013 Seahawks a little bit, right? Uh, with Bennett not in the Bennett role, but sort of in that, you know, like he's going to be a rotational guy. He's going to exactly. probably be able to go back to doing 50 to 60 percent of the snaps, which is how he's most effective given his lingering foot injuries. It's a great situation for Michael Bennett, and I am genuinely happy for him. Uh, Again, I've talked about it. I've read his book. Uh, I just filed my review for The Stranger. That'll be out in next week's issue. Uh, but for me, it's like, oh, boy. Like, this is a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, especially because we've seen the, the player that Michael Bennett has been and still is for the Seahawks. Yeah. And you would, just as, you would just assume that they'd get a better return. You look at his stats, and like we said on the show before, you know, yeah, he had a little bit of a down year stats-wise, but he even tweeted his stats about, you know, whether it be the pressures in the fourth quarter or, or strip sacks, whatever it may be. You know, we've seen what Michael Bennett is capable of and and Howie Roseman did, and he just absolutely swindled the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's a bummer. It is a bummer. Uh, also, he was willing to do a little procedural work for them on his contract, which uh, is good for the Eagle. I mean, yeah, All right, this yeah. sucks. This one sucks. I love Bennett on and off the field. We're going to see him in the conference a whole bunch. But let's say Marcus Johnson is a nice addition. The Seahawks are thin at wide receiver right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're going to talk about another move that uh, took a player away. But Amara Darbo, while he showed flashes last year, is not a guy who the team can necessarily bank on to be an impact receiver this year. Uh, curse is gone, you know, like someone's got to catch some passes next year. Marcus right. Johnson brings some real speed to the team, yeah, he, which I think is great. Yeah. He, he tested well at the combine. I think it was either one or two years ago. And you also got a guy like David Moore waiting, uh, waiting yep. at receiver. So no, it, the receiver group at, in Seattle remains to be seen how they're going to do next year. But, uh, that's away from the point uh, that, uh, Michael Bennett, I think the Seahawks should have got a, a great return for him, but I'm happy for him. Like you said, He's going to a, a place where he definitely fits in. I think you know Philadelphia and Seattle are two of the most um, outspoken teams off yep. the field, progressive, and so it's a good fit on and off. And uh, yeah, it, it it sucks to lose them, but like we said, it it was going to come to an end sometime. So you know, I guess it was then. So we're going to take yeah. a short break, and we're going to come back to you with some more Seahawks transactions. Another sad one. We are back with more Locked On Seahawks, Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman coming with you, and there's another sad mood. Yeah, the Richard Sherman move is awful. It's awful, and it's awful because we're going to play him twice a year, and there's no one who is more likely, and, and, and we saw this in Peter King's report on Sherman and the deal, but the first word of his league was vengeance. And it's like, we didn't do anything to Richard Sherman. I mean, like he got cut, but they asked him to take like a small pay cut. And he was like, nah, instead I'm going to take revenge on you twice a year for the next three years. I hate this. This sucks. I love Richard Sherman and I love him in part 
because he's this sort of guy who will destroy the Seahawks forever because of this. Right, yeah. There's there's probably not many tacticians in the NFL on the field better than Richard Sherman. Yeah. Uh, he, everything is calculated with him. And so, yeah, this feels... It, it almost feels like an attack on us by Richard Sherman. Yeah. Just to uh, kind of stick it to us. And, and he's going to get the chance to, like you said, twice a year. And I'm hoping... Uh, a certain honey badger decides to do the same with a team that that asked him to take a pay cut and, and instead cut him. Um, but that's that's for later when we're talking about potential moves. Richard Sherman, I think that he's one of the most iconic Seahawks of all time. Uh, yeah. He's one of the more. I mean, he's one of the best players in franchise history. That goes without saying. But you know, when you look at at moments in franchise history, the tip. I don't. I think that that's the the most iconic play in in Seattle history. Yeah, and I hate that he's going to the team he did it against. Right. Like, I need to get on Photoshop and, like, have him tipping a contract by the 49ers to himself. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that's for another day. That's that would have gone extra. super viral three days ago. Right. You know, I'm, so I'm, there have been more recent this. moves. Yeah. Uh, let's go, let's go Paul Richardson. Big deal with the, Big uh, Washington deal. football boys. And, uh, it's a weird – it would have made a ton of sense last year mm-hmm, with the yeah. offense they had with Kirk Cousins. We saw what Cousins can do with the deep ball. We know how Richardson can run those deep routes and the extent of his catch radius. We know what Richardson brings to the table. What he brings to the table does not fit with what Alex Smith has done for the bulk of his career. Now, the first half of the season last year in Kansas City, we saw him hit some dudes, and we saw how effective he was working with Tyreek Hill. And Paul Richardson has some of those skills. You know, it's both those elite sprinters. But I feel like Washington is going to leave something on the table in terms of maximizing Paul Richardson. And given that they gave him a pretty much a slightly above market rate contract, uh, they gave him the Golden Tate deal, basically, which is about 10 to 15 percent over what I imagined Richardson would get. Given that you're paying him basically full price. If you're not going to use him fully, it's a weird deal. But he's a great player, and it's yeah. good to see him get paid. Yeah, uh, as as the kids are saying today, he secured his bag. But yeah. uh, he got uh, five years, uh, forty million, eight eight yeah. mil per. But um, I think that you made a good point, and that Richardson is what the team needed last year. Yeah, and and so they they filled that need from last year. But this year's team is different, obviously, with Alex Smith calling the shots. And so we're gonna see we're gonna see if uh, if he can stretch the field a little bit more, Alex Smith, because you know lining up you know outside of him is is Josh Dotson, uh, Josh Doxson. and uh, now he's he's a good deep threat too, and I think that Paul Richardson, something that's a little more underrated with him nationally, I think Seahawks fans are, are you know know this pretty well, but his his catch radius is pretty good, and he makes plays on a lot of balls. If you if you give him a jump ball opportunity, you know he's gonna fight to get it, and so you know, like you said, you know I'm happy for him. I didn't think the Seahawks were gonna bring him back because the price point would be too high, and uh, yeah, I guess he's uh, gonna be playing football in Washington. So the other Washington, right. yeah. All right, all right. Let's talk about uh, this. Is a guy we knew was not coming back, but. Why do you have to go to Green Bay? We're talking Jimmy Graham. How like, many touch? How many touchdowns is Jimmy Graham getting this year with Aaron Rodgers? Seventeen. Fourteen. I said forty-four. A <laughs> hundred and thirty-three. I don't know. Like, there's no limit on what could happen with Jimmy Graham and Green Bay. That said. 
there have been a number of times recently where a good tight end has gone to Green Bay. Everyone sort of lost their minds about the potential of what he could do in that offense. And then didn't really turn into that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Bennett, you have, uh, was it Reed the year? No, not Reed. It was um, Cook? Jared, Jared Cook. Cook. Yes. Yeah, Jared Cook the year before. Uh, and uh, Jermichael Finley's whole career. Like, you have guys who flashed occasionally in that offense, but Mike mm-hmm. McCarthy, because he demands his receivers sort of win one-on-one with his route construction, like, He's not like, and Jimmy Graham can do that in the red zone. Jimmy Graham is going to be a great red zone target for the Green Bay. Don't get me wrong. I think this is a good move, but I'm actually not that terrified of it being like a game changing move for Green Bay because I don't think they're going to use him any better than the Seahawks have based on how they've used tight ends in the past. This isn't going to be him going back to New Orleans or something along those lines where he's that 1,400-yard receiver, whatever he was as his peak, 1,200 yards. Yeah, I would have really crapped my pants if that was the case. Yeah, I think this is going to be – I think he's going to have a similar impact on Green Bay as to what he did in Seattle last year. Obviously very impactful. ton of touchdowns, good season, but not the sort of guy – like, you know, the drops are still going to be there. Like, I don't think that's going to change. The the drops and and the weather because, I mean – Say what you want. Your 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 body doesn't move like it would, you know, in warmer weather when you're in, you know, zero degrees and the wind chills, feeling like negative eleven, negative eleven, and so yeah, it's a good move. It's on paper. Obviously, everybody thought it'd be a great move by Seattle on paper for trading for Jimmy Graham, but uh, yeah, I think that playing with Russell Wilson a little bit prepares. Jimmy Graham. I mean, like he played with Drew Brees too, and he and he, you know, improvised from time to time. But I'd say that you know, top two improvisers in the NFL, you're looking at Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And so, you know, he's he's going to be familiar with what to do in that situation. He's going to get open in the red zone, and by open, I mean covered by two people. You just throw it up to him. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like it for Jimmy Graham, like as a player, like he 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 he's getting to play with Aaron Rodgers, who wouldn't want to do that. And so, like you said, he he wasn't going to come back to Seattle. There yeah. wasn't any way they were bringing him back. And so, yeah, it's kind of a, like you just throw your hands up and shrug. It's a little bit like the Paul Richardson thing. I think that Richardson was a little bit more likely to come to, come back to Seattle than Jimmy Graham. But uh, the only person more likely to leave Seattle was Blair Walsh. Uh, yeah. So, like like I said, you're just gonna you know shrug. You know what else are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, you want to take a break before rapid firing out the some of the smaller moves that have gone down? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Let's that uh, there's, a, there's a particularly big move that I really want to talk about, but uh, I guess you're gonna have to wait. We are back with the final portion of today's episode of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, and I teased a big move that I was really excited about. And Spike, you ready to hear this? Woo! Bradley McDougald. Yeah, it's a good move. It's Resigning a good Bradley McDougald. Yes, I, I, really... was, I was cautious. I was I was trying not to get my hopes up too much because there was a chance that he wasn't brought back, but he was brought back. He played super solid in in Cam Chancellor's stead, and it's not that expensive of a deal. No, it's a reasonable deal, and uh. Look, we don't know what's going to happen with Earl Thomas for sure, and I don't think we're going to feel confident that he's staying until he inked an extension. But for me, this McDougal deal says more about Cam Chancellor's health going forward than it does about Earl Thomas's status on the team. Now, that's me being an optimist. 
I really do not think the team should trade Earl Thomas. As sad yeah. as I am about the Michael Bennett deal and the Richard Sherman deal, those made sense. The Earl Thomas deal would not make sense. No. I made this joke on Twitter, but the only possible return for Earl Thomas that makes sense is Earl Thomas. And so you're yeah. not getting that out there. I Unless said, the Chiefs are going to deal us Eric Berry or something. Yeah, I said something uh, similar to that. I think there was like a proposed like trade idea just floating around Twitter that was like, if the if the Steelers call about trading Le'Veon Bell for Earl Thomas, who says no? Oh, and, yeah. And I, I, I like made a joke about it. Like Both teams laugh until the, the phone disconnects or something like that. But I, I made the point to a friend that you can't trade Earl Thomas and expect the Seahawks to play the same style of defense that they do. Uh, he's so vital to yeah. to their whole scheme. Everything is reliant on Earl Thomas, as we saw two years ago, and we saw in a couple games when he was missing. And so I, I think that, like you said, there's no deal that you can do to send Earl Thomas away that Seattle would you know get back a good enough return to still compete like they have been. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Ju- I mean, like, and they're not going full tank, and they won't with Russell Wilson as quarterback, so it just doesn't make sense to move him. Um, yeah, and we, so we, McDougal, we, uh, I, I think I think this is the end of Cam's career. I really yeah. do. But, you know, and that's, uh, we've talked about that. That's sad. Let's, we, let's yeah. move. We, let's well, move I was going to say, I was going to say that we're going to, we talked about, you know, Richard Sherman being an iconic Seahawk and one of the best players, and, and Michael Bennett, too. Not as uh, you know much of an extent, but Earl Thomas, in my mind, is you know he has a shot to be well, it might already be the best player in Seahawks history. And yeah. I, I stumbled all the way through that sentence because I didn't know if I fully believed it. But you know he had, he definitely has a case. He's a chance if he plays five more great years of safety, he's certainly in the top three. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that he he really just. We talk about the kind of competitor that that he is, and and Russell Wilson is. So, like you said, they're not going to tank as long as they have those two people on their team. Bobby Wagner too. I'll include him. And so, yeah, if if they dealt him, then we'd know that you know there's going to be some serious changes in Seattle. <sighs> okay, but on to more positive news: the Seahawks signed a first round draft pick. Yeah, from 2013. <laughs> like the worst class ever. Um. Technically, we signed two first-round draft picks from 2013 already, this right. free agent period. Bar- do you want to do them both back-to-back? Yeah, all right. We're going to go with Barkevious Mingo. Hey! Super Bowl champion, Barkevious Mingo. <laughs> um, right. They signed him to a two-year, $6.8 million deal, and I, I, I kind of liken it to Deion Jordan in that they're taking a flyer on a guy with you know a bunch of potential that hasn't really impressed so far. Yeah, I... I... Yeah, it's a little. He's been a little better than Jordan was yeah. in his career. He's been useful. Someone pointed out on Twitter, he's like a he can play a little outside linebacker and cover a little bit. He can rush the passer a little bit. He's a good weapon for the team to have. Uh, if he maximizes what he does, is he might play a little of the Bruce Irvin role. He right. might replace uh, some of Cliff Averill's snaps. He might. Yeah, I mean, like, he's he's something the team needs. The team is thin on the defensive line with Bennett gone and Averill a question mark going forward. Mingo is a nice, solid addition. Hopefully he's just a depth piece going forward, but he's an effective depth piece over the next two years. And I'm, I'm wondering to myself, as we're talking about this, and we talked about Michael Bennett earlier, I'm wondering, you know, what kind of impact Michael Bennett's departure leaves on these younger guys and these guys that they're bringing in 
now because you see Deion Jordan have a really good year in the snaps that he played. And, you know, I wonder how much of that, you know, was due to Michael Bennett's influence in the locker room and in the, in the defensive line room. And so I wonder if, you know, we're going to see one, a fall off in Deion Jordan's, I, well, it was very limited, his snaps, but a fall off in his limited production and how uh, this Mingo signing is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Should we talk to you on Jordan? Yeah, let's do it. Because uh, the Seahawks uh, give him a first-round tender. He's a restricted free agent. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it, they're going to pay a little more than they technically had to. Yeah. It will end up being about a $4.4 million hit. But based on when Jordan got on the field last year, when he got healthy, he was a very effective pass rusher. Uh, and we're going to need, again, like defensive line depth, even after these two moves, is a huge question for the team going forward. We're going to need guys at those positions. Jordan has shown some pretty freakish athleticism. He's shown that he's all the way back from sort of his early troubles in his career. I'm call- I like this. I like this move. It's a good, cheap option at a very expensive position. Now I think they, in an ideal world, they they go and they spend on one more piece here, whether it's bringing back Sheldon Richardson or bringing in and Dominican Sue, you know, or, or using their high draft pick instead of trading back and getting a really good piece on the defensive line. They still need one more sort of premier guy in order to be competitive in this division, especially with the 49ers improving their offensive line. Uh, but you know, they're, these are good moves. The Jordan move and the bingo move, they make the defensive line functional. Yeah, I, I I agree, and and we're, I think I don't know if it's a done deal yet, but we're gonna have somebody on next week to kind of talk about somebody that potentially could bolster the the Seahawks defensive line via the draft, and so that's that's my tease for next week's show. Uh, Spike, now do you want to uh, really quick go through these potential signings, the free agency? Visits? No, we've got we've got two more moves that happened, man. We don't have time for that. What are you doing? You know what? My bad. We tender Justin Coleman, baby. Justin Coleman, second round tender. And Deshaun Shedd is gone on a one-year $3.5 million deal, which is a bummer. Ridiculous, because I think that Seattle could have paid him. Well, I, it's like that number, it's like, oh, that number is right on the edge. It's right on the edge. I, I, like, think, I, I think when you look at his, his versatility throughout the team, he can play corner, he can play safety, and he makes a, a big impact on special teams. Special so, teams, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think that they could have sprung for it. I know that you know Cash is tight around Seattle these days, but yeah, you, I think that he's a, a vital piece, and now I think you have to re-sign Byron Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah, I hope <laughs> this they got depressing. <laughs> I hope they resign Byron Maxwell because again, like if you look at the cornerback group with Maxwell, and it's uh, it's not a disaster. I mean, if you roll out with Griffin, Maxwell, and Coleman as your first three, you are okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you still. I, ugh. I mean, here's the thing: is is we need to adjust to a world where the Seahawks secondary is above average but not great even if we yeah. keep Earl Thomas and if we lose Earl Thomas it is average at best and I don't like it but we got to adjust our expectations around that sort of real reality yeah it, we need to correlate our expectations with the moves that just transpired in this offseason so far and like we can adjust them as time goes we see who they sign and we see who they draft and so 
We just got to base it on what they're doing because it'd be unfair of us to kind of expect the same elite level play from a completely different secondary. Yeah, and I think we're going to have some good guests to talk about what the future is going to look like for the Seahawks over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we might do one more this week or early next week, just the two of us running down the rest of the news through the bulk of the free agency period. And yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, you know, hey, we're, we're still on the Seahawks. Yeah. You know, right. they haven't cut us yet. Exactly. No, until we've been cut, we'll keep talking about the Seahawks. So you have that to look forward to in, in this offseason where your favorite – you know, Seahawks people are leaving. So keep keep tuning in. Keep going to iTunes and, and leaving a five-star review. I think that we've gotten one since January. So uh, That's pretty good given the quality of well, news. It's, it's kind of like, yeah. like how the Seahawks like didn't make a transaction for like 500 days. Yeah. And like now like the floodgates are opening. So why don't the floodgates open in our iTunes reviews? Go ahead and do that. Leave five-star reviews for us as a free agency favor sure <laughs> sure all right it's free much like free agency it's free what does that even mean guys in the minute that we just wasted from your from your from your time listening to this podcast you thank you Tian Shang. man great review love that review guys go on itunes read his review he's the that's the best review that's we've got that's the standard <laughs> yeah and then top it be better. <laughs> All right, raise the bar. So for for locked on Seahawks, I'm Grant Goldberg signing off. And I'm Spike Friedman also signing off. <laughs>